0: this is the adoptive mom podcast adoption may look different for each family but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap and that is what we do here we encourage we build up we share the wins and losses we lean on each other and we get through this together thanks for joining us Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am your host, Alex Fitton, and it is my joy and privilege to bring you episodes All season long on how the Enneagram influences our adoption journeys. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Adoptive Mom. I hope you will follow along. It always makes me so happy. Today, we're going back to our number series, starting our final three numbers with Type Seven, the enthusiast. And I'm so excited about our resident seven on The Adoptive Mom podcast, Jenny Freaking Mars. You may remember her from season two, episode 10 of this very podcast. Or from her amazing show on HGTV, Fixer to Fabulous. Before we jump into our interview with Jenny, though, let's do an overview of Sevens. Enneagram Sevens are called the enthusiasts. They are motivated by the desire to have their needs filled, always be satisfied. And to maintain contentment at all times. They also have the basic fear of experiencing pain and of being stagnant, bored, or unfulfilled. Sevens are spontaneous, fun, energetic, and almost always have an optimistic viewpoint. They are always seeking adventure and the next thing, so to speak. They struggle to stay still and continually look for something new to distract them and entertain them. This can cause them to struggle with impulsivity and impatience. And that makes the ultimate healing journey for the sevens to find satisfaction and contentment without compromising their joyful spirit. They will find ways to bring new and exciting things to everyday life and to bring light and happiness to those around them sevens round out the thinking or the head triad. And this means like fives and sixes, they take in information using productive thought. They are thinking dominant, supported by doing and feeling repressed. This puts them in the aggressive stance along with threes and eights. Like Joey Shuey mentioned in the previous episode of AMP sevens are one of only two numbers on the Enneagram that have no access to their repressed motivator they have no access to feeling either in their wings or in their stress and growth arrows. This makes it extra difficult for them to experience emotions the way that most of the other types can. They struggle to feel satisfied or sadness or even to have real joy, which is why they tend to hack their emotions by purging them out, by watching like a sad movie or something like that. And it's also why they tend to consistently seek joy and happiness through the next big thing. All right, so let's talk about wings. So sevens with a six wing are called the pathfinders. They are very much sevens in the fact that they do not want to miss out on things and want to have fun at all costs, but they are more likely to be intentional about it and make sure that they can stick to their commitments and enjoy themselves. Sevens with an eight wing are called the opportunists. They are hardworking and more self-motivated than their six wing counterparts. They want to remain open for new opportunities and avoid being tied down by commitment or tight schedules. Sevens, through the lens of our three variants, self-preservation, social, and sexual, look like this. Self-preservation sevens tend to surround themselves with people who encourage them to be exactly who they already are. They want to stay comfortable, and while they are still extroverted and outgoing sevens, they will lean more toward the familiar than other seven types. Social sevens are marked by the desire to win or achieve esteem within their chosen and given communities. So think like their friend circle and their families, their jobs and, you know, their peer systems. They are more service oriented and will work hard to move up the perceived ladder in those circles. Sexual or counter sevens are like the stereotypical optimist. They have a way of adding whimsy and positivity to anything they lay their hands or eyes on. They are also the quickest to reframe negativity or unwanted emotions. In stress, sevens go to one, the reformers. Hey, that's me. They will almost always go into a frenzy of angry nitpicking and attempt to perfect the situation that caused their stress so that they can get back to the carefree state they usually stay in. In security, however, sevens go to five, the investigator. They will begin to think things through a little bit more and be less impulsive with their decisions and actions. And they will also lean into their innate need for rest and, albeit limited, alone time to recharge and be better versions of themselves. So that's our type seven party people in a nutshell. Before we go chat with Jenny, I want to remind you guys once again in this season of giving to share the adoptive mom podcast with your people on social media. I am very trigger happy on those reshare like and comment buttons when you tag me in posts. And plus it really helps the podcast out so much when you recommend it to your friends and plus plus it makes me really happy. I mean, what else do you need? (laughs) Okay. With that said, let's jump into our conversation with Jenny Mars. All right, Jenny, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you back on the podcast. And um it's been a while since you were on and like a whole lot has happened. Like Yeah. You're you're like a really big deal now, which is really cool. No, I'm not. (laughs) I do love you're a super humble person, so it's one of my favorite things to like Talk about you being a huge deal because you're always like, it's not true.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm not. That's yeah. Tell my kids that. Actually, let's do that. Let's just tell my kids I'm a big deal.
0: They would laugh.
1: <laughs> that would be something
0: to tell your kids, sure, like, mom. They're, sure. Yeah, they're throwing a fit. You're like, do you know how many Instagram followers I have? <laughs> right. Do you know who I am?
1: No. Yes, mom. No. <laughs> I'm just no, I'm not. No, that's funny. Thank yeah. No, I'm just, we're just really busy. That's all.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, okay. Take a second and remind us of who you are and what you do for anyone out there listening who doesn't know somehow.
1: Okay. Um, my name is Jenny Mars and I am married to Dave and we have five kids, which actually the last time we talked,
0: I only had four. How long ago did we talk? Was it? You were in like my second, my second season. So it was like really early on. Okay. Yeah. Like 2017 or
1: 18? I don't yeah. know. I wasn't pregnant. I wasn't pregnant though, right? Yeah. Right. So he so Luke just turned one, our youngest. that so he rounded us out at five. That was he was our little surprise. Um has <laughs> been amazing and awesome and fun. Um, we live in Northwest Arkansas, same same town as you, Ooh. um, in Bentonville. And we do home renovations and have a show on HGTV, which is still random and crazy um that we have that we you know people follow us around with cameras basically and then we also have a blueberry farm here in Bentonville um we're in the middle of blueberry season right now and we have our farm here funds a farming training program in Zimbabwe and we've partnered with Help One Now in order to do that so that's kind of our like our passion that's our that's something that we love to do. I mean, we love doing remodels, but that's our work. That's our real job and then that's the dairy farm is kind of our um, how we can serve, I guess, our community here and also in Zimbabwe.
0: Sure, it's your side hustle, right? Because you need one. Right. Of those. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Except we don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my goodness. No, that's yeah, and last time when we recorded, it was still called Almost Home. Yes,
1: our pilot the working name was almost home. And then when the season got picked up after we filmed um, the whole season, right before it aired, they changed, they went through a lot of names, a lot of names. And so they landed on fixer to fabulous. Which, yes, That was like, that was 11th hour. I mean, the show was about to air and we found out the show, the name changed again. And actually the first episode um, they still had all of the hashtag tags, of the old, at one point, one of the titles was diamond in the rough, which I'll be honest, was not my favorite. And so they still had the hashtags of diamond in the rough showing
0: on the episode because it had changed that late in the game. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Wow. Well, yeah, no, I like all of your branding and everything was for almost home for the original episode. So whenever you changed it and I went to like promote it for a throwback or something, I was like, oh my goodness, I should take this down. (laughs) like, it up
1: yeah, order. yeah, yeah, yeah. They we really didn't have it's been it's interesting because we didn't really have any say on what the show was titled. So it luckily we we like the title now. But we loved I liked Almost Home too. So I was kind of sad that it
0: changed, but that's okay. Well, yeah. it's yeah. been super fun to watch and you guys are like making Northwest Arkansas cool, which is yeah. awesome. It's already cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a great place. Sure. It's we need like the sign, it's like Bentonville, Arkansas, home of the Marses. <laughs> oh yes, <That's> it. <laughs> or home of Walmart. I was say which we'll I pitch that to the Waltons. Yeah, <laughs> it can be like a Sam slash. Home yeah. <laughs> the Walton slash. That no, um, right. We, uh, we are off on a tangent, which is my fault. Yes, I'm sorry. Right, right. No I'm seven. Sorry. No, no. That's what I like. I'm having so much fun. And that is the epitome of who you are as a seven, which is something that I love. Uh I'm a one. I go to seven in health and security, mm-hmm. which is that's when I feel like I'm the most fun. So uh I'm just really excited to chat with you. Um yeah. what I am interested in, we will get a little more into this later. Um, your husband's a seven too. Mm -hmm. Which is hilarious. You guys are so successful. And I was like, how do you get anything done? My sister's a seven. And I even told her and I was like, they're both seven. She was like, how? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we're,
1: I don't know. I know that there's wings and all of that. I don't really know what ours are, but we're just,
0: we're just Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, I don't know either. We just are always doing something, basically. I love it. I love it. Okay, so taking us back, like, before your adoption was finalized and everything, how do you think being oh, – you know what? Okay, let me back up. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Take a second and just tell us what a seven is. What? Who are you, Jenny? Well,
1: I think um, what I've learned – I have my little notes right here because I'm like, oh, what am I? It's called The Adventurer. Is that right? Um, that's what I'm reading here. and I'm like – I thought it was The Enthusiast. i heard The, the enthusiast. enthusiast, Yeah enthusiast. But then this one also says adventurer, which I kind of like. Um, but yeah, enthusiastic, adventurous, um, always like, I'm very spontaneous, always looking for the next thing. I love to travel. Um, I don't like to get caught in the details of things. I like to just do the big picture and, um, am I'm, I'm a creative person by nature too. So I think at least for me, that's what it is.
0: People-oriented,
1: yeah. enjoy new relationships. There we go. I'm reading my notes. Yeah. And it's always seeking out new adventures and new experiences, which I think is is pretty accurate.
0: Yeah. And one thing, so um, in the episode that I did with Suzanne Stabile, the godmother of the Enneagram, who I just loved getting to talk to, she said that sevens have this really awesome ability to reframe situations as they're happening. Like before you even process them, you guys can reframe them into a positive or into a blessing. And so you never really have to experience hardship, like you don't allow yourself to go down that road, which is really interesting Mm -hmm. to me. Do you feel that Mm way? Um, I feel like I'm a very optimistic
1: person, for sure. I don't know um, that I've never experienced hardship. But sure, I think I can always frame like, if I'm in something, I can reframe it. Yes, I think I always can try to see the the good. I always try to see the good. I think in that sometimes I feel like I can be a little bit naive in a way, but in like, uh, I, I think people could think that to me, I think it's fine because I would rather see the positive and see something good versus always looking to the negative and always being pessimistic and cynical. Um, I, I don't tend to do that until, I mean, I do sometimes, but not, that's not my first instinct. My first instinct is always like, the positive and the good about something or someone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, which is mm-hmm. an amazing quality to have. So, how do you think that just that ability, that personality influenced your desire to adopt in the first place and then, you know, on through mm-hmm. your adoption process? Cause you guys adopted internationally. So it was not yeah. quick.
1: <laughs> right. It was a very long process. And I think because of Dave and I both being able to see the positive in something or, like you said, the blessings in a, in a, Experience. I always, I always looked to. I personally always was trying to understand what was God teaching me in each of the circumstances, particularly in our adoption because of the long wait. I feel like there's always something to learn in the in a phase of waiting. Um, I, I tried to be really intentional with that time, um, and so I do feel like I personally tried to use that time and that hard, it was really hard. I mean, there wasn't anything easy about it. Sylvie was in the Congo and um, they had shut down and we couldn't get her home. And it was, it was, there were a lot of very scary moments and um, a lot of hard, hard times, but also through it, I feel like there was just constant looking to, okay, well, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? And always trying to kind of figure out, okay, how can I use this for good? What can I do with this? And actually, it was during the wait that we ended up starting our nonprofit work because we were, I was basically like, I've got to do something. I have to do something to turn this really bad situation into good. And also we, we went to visit and we saw um, the need. And so I think that whole idea of being a seven and always looking to the next thing and how can I, how can I turn this really hard thing into some something good? I didn't, I, obviously Dave and I both weren't going to, you know, we knew we weren't going to, save all of the world or anything or change the entire world. But we knew that we could do something and, and we started just, you know, feeding some kids there on a regular basis in an orphanage and it, and it grew, but it wasn't, a, it was just about those kids at that time. And so can we take this really hard thing and make something positive from it? And I think we did for those kids, but mostly it was for us also. Like we learned so much through that process and um, we got to see, other people get involved and we get to just see God moving and working um, in ways that we would have never expected or been able to be a part of had we not started our adoption um, and and just kind of had our eyes open to the needs around the world.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a I think that I say perfect answer, not like there would have been a wrong answer, but like I think that that so well um, describes your personality and the specific blessings and um, like just positive things that come with being a seven, which is really cool that you've, um, turned that into a mission. Um, how do you think, you know, this side of adoption, how do you think being a seven influences your parenting now?
1: I mean, I think I used to, I used to be, I try to be, I try to be really, um, fun. We try to go on adventures as a family. I used to be better about it when, I didn't have as many kids and as many responsibilities. <laughs>
0: so like I actually think it's interesting. Kids.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Because as I'm like, just tired now, I'm like, man, I used to, when, when it was just the two boys, like we would go on all these adventures and do all this. I was such a fun mom. And now I'm like, man, I'm such a bummer. And so actually that's that part of me, the seven of me is like, you've got to do fun things all the time and build these experiences. And now I'm, so I'm constantly having this internal struggle of, no, I don't, I don't have to do that. Like we can, um, we can go without a new experience every day and we're going to all just be okay. You know? <laughs> so um, I do feel like that does influence just overall parenting, but as far as um, adoption specifically, again, trying to always see the good, um, trying to be hopeful at for change when we're dealing with behaviors that are really deep-rooted trauma behaviors, Um, constantly trying and doing new, whatever it is. I mean, we've done so many different types of therapies and that sort of thing. And I think always looking for, okay, well, what could be the next thing that could help? Um, And also just, I think, staying positive and optimistic and hopeful and believing in the healing or the, the attachment process and not giving up hope. And I think that, um, I think is influenced and, you know, by the fact that I'm a seven and Dave too that. Um, and I think it's, it's been good. I mean, we've seen lots of positive changes and, um, especially when I think of like attachment stuff. Um, and I also feel like we do a good, we do, not all the time, we don't, but we try to say, okay, yes, we're still dealing with this behavior or whatever it is, but look what we're not dealing Like we try to look at how far we've come and kind of create those benchmarks. Because I think if you don't, and you just get stuck in the, the hard stuff that comes with adoption, um, you don't look at how far you've come and how much progress has been made and, and the attachment hurdles that have been, um, overcome then you can really get down and i feel like we're both dave and i both tend to be obviously very optimistic so we like to look back and like yeah but look look she doesn't we don't do this anymore as if or whatever it is i don't know so um i think that's been good in some of the hard attachment
0: realities that we've had to face yeah well, and I know that, I mean, you go to, so like I said, I go to seven in security and you go to one in stress. So mm-hmm. do you see yourself, you know, that's one of the things that Suzanne and I talked about was that as mm-hmm. adoptive moms, we are often in stress. And so mm-hmm. when we reframe our number through the lens of our stress number and we we see that as a healthy way, like how can I be healthy right. even in stress? How do you see that for you, especially because ones in general Suppose I mean right. I don't always feel overly organized, but supposedly right. we are very organized. So do you see that kicking in a lot as a just a, as a mom, not even as an adoptive mom, but as mm-hmm. one you know, as moms we have to be organized or whatever mm-hmm. structured to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Right.
1: Um, I feel like one of my it's funny that because one of my I guess flaws um, I don't know what the right word is something I need to work on is I'm incredibly unorganized. I feel like sometimes because I'm always so like high in the sky, I've got a million things moving, but I have my own method to organization and it doesn't look organized to other people. But to me, it's organized. There's a lot of things floating around and I know exactly where they all are. Um, And I think like you said, with, with parenting specifically, and not even just adoption, but with having a large family, there's, and lots of age variances, there has to be, um, a bit of structure. Um, and so I do feel like, yes, in stressful, like when, especially when we're super busy, like that's when I get like, okay, we gotta, we gotta lay all this out. I've got to look at it all on the calendar and I've got to figure out where everybody's going to be. And I got to have a plan. Um, but for the most part, I don't, Dave and I both are not like incorrect as far as parenting. We're not like structured. Like we just, we're more of the eighties parents. Like you guys, like you need to go be bored, go outside and play, make your own fun, use your imaginations. And I'm not, I don't have a schedule for the summer. Even when we were doing the virtual schooling, it was like we just got it done as quickly as we could get it done. There wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, scheduling. I'm not that. That's just not my personality. I don't know.
0: That's right or wrong.
1: But,
0: for my right No, that's. I mean, that sounds on par. But I think that there's a lot of us that like. I don't know, especially for me. I'm like Southerns get to have all the fun. Like we, yeah. Like we have to be all boring, and I try. <laughs> I go to you in growth. So when I'm in a good place, yeah. it's more spontaneous and fun. But yeah. it's still. I think that you know even a lot of Enneagram experts will be like, ones usually don't want to be ones, but normally sevens are very happy being sevens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, you know, just having fun. We're just here to, we're just here to have fun. But it's also really hard when there's hard things happening, like right now in the world, for right. example, a lot of hard stuff. And it's really hard to be a seven because I want to just be like, guys, guys, it's okay. Like everybody, come here. Let's just hug. Oh wait, we can't hug. Um, but like, you know, it's just that is really hard to do. And I do know that as far as when I'm not in a healthy place, I am less spontaneous, less fun, less um, energized, like my energy levels drops. Um, and I know, and I can definitely see that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, and you'll have to, so like I said, my sister's a seven and I've heard from other sevens that they, cause you guys are in the thinking triad. And so you cannot access your emotions as easily as other types. So I've heard that when you feel like you need an emotional purge, you have to um, like find an ac- external like uh, catalyst for that, like a really sad movie mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. is that true for you too? <laughs> um, I,
1: that's interesting. Hmm. I love to, I mean, if I'm really feeling like I need to get so much, I usually go for a run. Um. Yeah. I think any like a physical, like, yeah, I don't just, I'm not a crier. Yeah, that's interesting. You know what? I've never thought about that before. Now I'm like processing it. I'm not really a cry. I sometimes can cry, but not a lot. I don't really cry very often.
0: So yeah, um, yeah
1: maybe a sad movie, I
0: guess. That's or what – See, it's funny because like for me, I have I avoid – like I can feel, but I try not to because that slows me yeah. down. That halts progress so right I avoid sad things because I know they will make me sad and I I think that like my life is so serious anyway that I don't want to feel more serious but like my sister she will watch like devastatingly sad things yeah and because she's like well I needed a cry and I'm like then just cry why do you need help with that (laughs) (laughs) that's good yeah I I don't
1: really yeah that's interesting yeah I don't Huh. I don't know. I've got to think about that one. That does sound like me. I guess I do watch sad movies, but I don't really do it intentionally.
0: Maybe, Maybe I do. I don't know. It's
1: fascinating. <gasps> yeah. Food yeah. for thought. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So thinking about your kids' personalities and not that you've, you know, typed your kids like, we're not yeah. supposed to do that, which is fine. But like ha- – Mm -hmm. Just thinking about your kids' personalities and how they relate with yours. And then more Mm -hmm. specifically, the kid that you struggle with the most, um, Mm -hmm. how do you think that that, uh, I don't know, how do you think that is in light of your Enneagram number? Well, I would say for sure
1: the one who needs to be structured all the time, who um, is very serious who, you know, all of the thing who doesn't like change, who doesn't want to go travel, who doesn't want to try new things. Like those are all the things I love. And so <laughs> the one that doesn't like to do those things is it's very challenging for me. Cause I'm like, how can you not want to go outside and whatever, whatever it is, you know, I'm like, this is so fun. And they're like, no, this is terrible. I hate it. You know? And I can't. <laughs> and, and so I do think that learning about the Enneagram and why I like these things is, has been really helpful honestly in that, in that relationship. It's like, okay, that's just, that is not at all who that, that particular child is. They are not a seven, not at all, not at all. Um, and so I have one kiddo who is, I don't, I mean, I don't know who the, what numbers they all are, but the one I know is a seven for sure. And we just have so much fun together and we're always doing fun things. And I'm like this, you know, so it, it is just an easier relationship. And so I have to just be super intentional with all of my kids to see like, okay, this is how, how they learn, how they respond, how they, what they enjoy and have to kind of just, we have, I mean, we do that anyway, regardless of the Enneagram or not, but that helps to kind of inform us of, okay, this is what this child needs Um, just because their personality is different than Mine and their siblings, because everybody's unique. But I think the enneagram is really cool in that you can you can say, like, okay, well, as a general rule, like this is something that this is this is going to help them thrive. And I think as a parent, we all want to do that, right? So, but yeah, it is interesting for sure to see the the things that are important to me and where I thrive and do well. And when the kids, if there's any of my kids that are the
0: exact polar opposite, that that becomes like a headbutting
1: situation.
0: Yeah. It is really, I mean, I, my kids are too young to know their types or whatever, but I have one that I suspect might be a seven yeah. and right. it's interesting. Cause we are just so different. Like we think yeah. so differently. It's my daughter and she's just mm-hmm. so full of life and fun and she doesn't like to be sad. She doesn't like to get in trouble. And if she right. does, she like changes the subject or like wants right. to bounce back really fast. And I'm like, you're still in trouble. You're still in timeout and she'll, yeah. anyway, yeah. it's, it's so, it, it, I don't know, it's been interesting to start thinking of it as a positive of like, she keeps me, she keeps me young, she keeps me fun. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just kind of cool to see how the opposite, uh, you know, of your personality and your kids can, I don't know, can, can change us for the better. So, yeah. Good. So like I said, your husband's a seven. I mean, and mm-hmm. like you said as well. So how do you think that that, how do you guys think that you work together to parent as two sevens? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, it's funny because, you know, as, as we even sit here, I'm like, you know, I know I'm a seven, but, and I, I, it plays out in so many areas of my life and I try for it to play on parroting, but it, in fact, when I really think about it, Dave's the fun one because dads are always more fun. I feel like anyway, but I have to be the one who's keeping our schedule and the one who's making sure everybody's where they need to be. I mean, right when we were starting this, I'm like, Oh, I got to go get the boys. can, you you know, like <laughs> it's, it's to be fun and like take them for ice cream. And I'm like, no, we have to eat well-rounded meals, all the things that moms just naturally do. So I think we, we do balance each other out in that just naturally. But I find myself sometimes being like, not mad at him, but like mad at myself. Like I want to be the fun one. It's not fair. You know um, where I don't know. I think that I think we just try to be really adventurous and all of those things with our kids and then just all works out. I don't know. I don't know. It's very interesting. We didn't know we were both sevens until you know we started looking into the Instagram probably a couple of years ago. And then as we have researched, are like, this is fascinating that we both managed to do anything. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love <laughs> I it. Know. I do love like all of your answers are so very Seven and you're just like I don't no. know. It just works out. I don't know exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: We don't want to spend time thinking about it or researching. Like even the enneagram. Like I have a lot of friends who are have know every number and all of the new like the nuances of it and all of the different wings. And I'm like, oh, no, I know. I like mine. I'm good. Okay, great. Moving on. You know, like that's just that's just how we roll. We just get as much information as we need. And
0: then we just move along. Okay. So let's, um, let's pivot more to just back to you focus. You know, we we let your husband in for a second and then we got to push him back out. So, uh, how do you think that being a seven, like, what does that mean as far as your needs as a mom and a wife and, and whatever other roles and hats that you have to put on, um, to get like true rest, true self-care, not just like, you know, a mani-pedi or whatever, but like what actually Mm -hmm. recharges you? Oh
1: yeah, I um. This is something Dave and I actually going back to Dave now to bringing him back. But both of us, I think, in order to really just rest and get away from all of the things that are we're constantly doing, we really do need to like step out of our normal. Like we need to go somewhere or um, just not be. I mean, if we're home, there's always so much to be done, and we're always starting something new, right? So. Um, in order to really get away, we have to like actually get away. Um, and I think you and I have talked about this before, but when we took that trip, like our, we took a month long trip as long as we've ever gone anywhere to South Africa. And that was like our, we still say, I mean, it was the highlight of our adult life. (laughs) Um, it was just amazing to be gone for that extended period of time. And of course that's not something we can do every year or anything like that, but getting really far away, totally unplugging and disconnecting, um, is, is the only way for us, both of us to really shut off. Um, and I think now obviously with COVID and can't travel, so I'm getting super antsy and I'm like, I just want to go to the beach. I just need to get out, but <laughs> trying to still find, um, moments and pockets of, just doing something new is energizing. So even if it's going to find a new trail and going for a walk, I don't know, just something like that for me is always very energizing. Um, And I think, and I don't know if this is, I think this is the seven thing is that it tends to be a people people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And so like social media stuff can be very draining in the fact that just like I want to respond to everybody and I want to, somebody sends me a message, I want to send them a response. Um, And so that can sometimes just be like, hanging over me as a weight. Like I don't want anyone to feel left out and I want to make sure, you know, so really, and truly just disconnecting and unplugging from everything is the only way for me really to, to really feel recharged.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Just having to step outside of your norm, having to do something completely different, um, Mm -hmm. which for you is, is turning things off and, um, yeah. Not not playing, yeah. not you know whatever else. So, okay, so let's pivot into these closing questions. And so, I want to know what is the most overtly seven thing about you, just for fun. Um,
1: I think I'm all I'm happiest when I'm planning a trip. When I'm planning my next trip, if I'm at least if I have a trip on the horizon, I'm good. Like I'm good. I love to plan and dream about. Uh, somewhere. It, and I might not even ever get there, but I like to plan it. I like to plan. I like to be in charge of
0: like the planning part
1: of it. So yeah. I don't know, I guess.
0: Yeah. I love that. So I actually, I asked this question to your friend, Corey Robertson. Uh, yeah. She's a seven as well. And I asked her that yeah. and she said, there's a ping pong table in my living room. And I was like, you're right. That is the oh, most yeah. overtly yeah. seven thing about you. That is good. That is good. Yes, <laughs> that is. That's, I love it. I can't,
1: no. Sometimes uh, we have a tent in our living room, but no, right now it's all cleaned up. <laughs> I <laughs> well, do you think my job, yeah, I think Dave and I's jobs are pretty, pretty, um, seven-esque in the fact that we're constantly starting a new project, you know, like we, as soon as we get going, like it's not, you're always starting a new house. You're always forcing to be, forcing yourself to be creative. And so it keeps us keeps us like that's good instead of doing the same thing for 25 years we do every
0: you know few months we start something new <laughs> yeah oh that that's yeah. perfect actually that's great yeah yeah okay what are your favorite and least favorite things about being a seven
1: oh um I think favorite is just um I love I mean I love to have community I love to build community I love relationships and um building relationships with people. And so I think that is something that Dave and I both really love, which is one of the really benefits of us both being sevens is we love to have people over. We love to have host dinner, or whatever it is, the Berry Farm. We love opening our farm and having families come in. I think that's, that's something that gives both of us so much joy. Um, I think least favorite is Probably back to the whole emotional, like dealing with hard things, hard conversations, um, confrontation. I absolutely hate. I think it's that whole relationship thing. Like I'm all about just nurturing relationships. If there's ever any sort of tension, it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Um, So I would say that's probably like going, like I can't, it's hard for me to say no or yeah, do you know? Because I just want to—I want everybody to be happy all the time. Because <laughs> it's you know, we just let's just be happy. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> I get that seven thing. I don't know.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, what do you wish that every fellow seven mom knew about her number going into adoption?
1: Oh, into adoption! Wow. Um, well, I think I actually don't know if this is just a seven thing or just an adoption thing and a mom thing, but I, I, going into our adoption, and I think a lot of us do this and I don't know, again, if it's only a seventh thing, you'll, you can tell me, um, going into our adoption, you know, you hear different stories about attachment disorders or about whatever, whatever it is. Um, how you as a mom are going to attach to the, your child and you hear all these other stories and you're like, that would never happen. We're gonna, we're not gonna have any of those issues. You read the books, and you're like, "Oh, cute, Karen." Like, I don't need to know any of that, Karen <laughs> Pervin. like that's cute. Um, we're gonna be fine. Like, we are great parents, so we know how to do this. It'll be totally fine. Um, and then reality happens, and you have a traumatized child in your house, and you realize, "Oh, okay, actually, yes, that we're gonna be dealing with some stuff." Um, so, I think that like optimistic lens going into it is is good because if you go into it with a, not with a negative, you know, thinking it's going to be terrible, then why would you do it in the first place? Um, but I think that optimistic lens is, is good, but it's also hard because it, it sort of impairs you and your ability to prepare for what you're about to experience. And and I think when you do experience the really hard trauma stuff, it's so hard to deal with because for us, like we just want everything, everybody to have fun and be joyful and, um, now our house is a trauma ward. I think just being a seven, like the, the trauma ward days were incredibly hard on us. Um, I mean, they're harder on everyone, but it's really hard
0: when you're like the type of person, when you're the type of person that doesn't do well with big emotions. Okay. So shifting to post adoption, you know, on this side of adoption, what's your biggest piece of advice or encouragement for Enneagram seven moms?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I think just leaning into your natural um, you know your natural tendencies of trying to facilitate relationships I think is it's something that is I think we do well and I think that's obviously something that needs to happen in when in, in adoption right um, with our kids but not even just us with our kids but also for me it was a it was a big challenge to, for my big kids accepting our adopted daughter when she came home and forging—not even accepting, but building a relationship. You know, because um, uh-huh. I think we're all we're all aware that those trauma behaviors are are, are really—they're not. It's not who she is, but the behavior when you're four and the two and a half year old is—you know—breaking, stealing your things, and breaking them, and all of those things. It, causes a really hard, um, tense time. And so trying to really lean into the, the relationship piece that you're good at. And also like, I remember when Sylvie first came home and like my, you know, my ability to kind of create an adventure, I guess, out of everything, like, that was, that's how we survived. Like we would go on these adventures and they were just little things like running around the farm and doing a race or silly, just being silly and playing which obviously is a great way to, you know, form attachment and playing and being silly. And I think the fact that we can do that pretty easily is um, is is really a benefit because I think that's not as. I, don't, I think it it feels like it's something that's so obvious. And you know, obviously, we hear Karen Purvis or we we read about it, and like, okay, build attachment through play, and like, okay, that sounds great and easy because it's natural for us. But um, it's it's not easy and natural for everyone. And so I think just acknowledging that, like. Hey, this is
0: something that we're good at. Let's do it. You know, let's use this to our benefit and for our kids' benefits. I love that answer. Like, uh, just what an encouragement. I like that. Um, okay. So, Jenny and I are about to go have a fun conversation over on Patreon. And, but, and just for everyone else, Jenny, where can yeah. we find you and where can we watch your show and just all of that? Sure. So, you can find me on
1: Instagram at Jenny Mars, just Jenny Mars. Um, Facebook, I believe is just Jenny Mars too. And then um, I don't even know. Um, And we have a a, kind of our website that sort of houses all of our stuff is called ourgoodtable.com. So we started this Good Table brand that sort of represents who we are as a family, kind of the idea of hospitality and making your home um, a welcoming place. And so that that website has like my personal blog and then it has information about our berry farm and, and the show. And all. that's where I put all of our, um, like the, the source guides from all of the episodes of the show and that sort of thing too. So
0: Awesome. Uh, okay, guys. Well, thank you for listening and thank you to Jenny for joining us again. And um, I'll have all of this up on the show notes and definitely go check her out, watch her show and just definitely give her a follow because she's a really fun follow as a seven. That makes sense. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you
1: thanks for having me back this is
0: so fun it's good Absolutely. to chat again oh yeah for sure yeah. thank you so much for listening to the adoptive mom podcast i hope you found encouragement here i need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job we are all in this together and i am over here cheering you on don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the adoptive mom thanks for joining us